0: You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on
1: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can contact the show via Twitter at ShortShiftPod.
0: Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. It's Boston Hockey Talk with your hosts, Thomas Nystrom and Andrew Johnson. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. No. Mm-hmm.
1: folks, we are back with another episode of the Short Shift Podcast. This is actually our 13th, unlucky number 13 here. Kind of fitting for this team this week. My predictions were pretty damn close. I said two wins, two losses, maybe an extra point out of an OT. And honestly, I didn't think we'd get that extra point out of the Islanders. But we'll get into that game in a second. But like you just said, worst 750 uh, win percentage stretch. I don't I don't know man 4-1 one, and 1 and this team is arguably more frustrating right now than when they just fucking lose clean it's weird um it's
0: I did some I did some math digging this morning preparation for today what if I were to tell you that the Boston Bruins are playing at a prorated 82-game pace of 105 points. What would you say to that?
1: I saw that in the, the note that you emailed me for the, uh, the show's agenda, and that's shocking to me. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't think if we look back at the math for the last month and a half that it's anywhere close to that because we started so hot in the beginning of the season. But That's definitely being buoyed by banked points. Yeah, yeah. But like, still, like, even if we are at like a ninety-point pace, I'd be surprised right now. You know, like it's been just just the this team. Their five-on-five scoring is just fucking (laughs) so frustrating. But I will say, out of all these games, the one game that I wanted to not pay attention to the most, for fear of getting my heart broken, was the one that. I paid attention to the most and got my heart broken to go up to nothing on the Islanders with a Coleman and a camper goal in the first period. And then just to slowly piss trickle that game away and then to lose an overtime in fucking 20 seconds. It was such a smack in the face for the Bruins fans watching that game.
0: You know what watching that game was like, It was like watching the dissolution of a bad relationship. (laughs) That two nothing first period is the honeymoon period where Mm -hmm. everything is awesome and your, and your girl or, or whatever can do no wrong. And then slowly as time goes by, you realize this person's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it felt like. It felt like the honeymoon period followed by,
1: Oh, Oh no.
0: Oh I should
1: no no. <laughs> yep. And man, oh, they, Anders Borg tying that game up with just just about two minutes left.
0: Did you see his face when he scored that goal? Uh, it looked man. like it looked like he had he, it looked like the weight of the world had been lifted off of that man's back. <laughs> I yeah.
1: was happy for it, man. That was that was that was an effort yeah. goal and a clutch goal. And you know what? We didn't win that game, but that goal was a big reason we got that point because we hadn't sure. scored. All, like since the closing seconds of or the closing two minutes of the first period. Mm-hmm. And to look at that game and say, all right, Boston scored three goals and it was Coleman camper and Bjork. If you had told me Coleman <laughs> Kamfer, and Bjork, if you had told me at the beginning of the game, that Coleman camper and
0: Bjork would pop would pot games, I would tell you they won six to two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This like this, this team put up a touchdown at least. Yeah. Yeah. But I was as happy in. with the performance against that team for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, first was... line, first line was kind of quiet. It wasn't. It wasn't a, as, as complete a first line as we would like to see. But
0: no, it wasn't. I think Marshawn, Marshawn being missing and M- being missing, you really, really felt that more than any of the other people that have been in and out of the lineup all year. You really felt his presence. You really, really felt his lack of presence.
1: Yep.
0: Um. How many different wings were tried on that top line uh, between the island between uh, the Islanders and Jersey? Well, Sabers and Jersey. Um, I think I saw Richie. I saw Frederick. I saw Bjork. I saw they They, they uh, I saw Craig Smith. It's just nothing worked. And we'll get into we'll get into where Craig Smith works uh, later on because we'll we'll talk about some of the New Jersey games. But when part of that first line goes down, we've talked about the depth really showing, really keeping this team afloat, well, or at least not not drowning. I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not even sure we could call it afloat. We can just call it not drowning and leave it there. But when some of that top line isn't producing, or isn't, or isn't there. You know, it's, it's, it really is, it really is all hands on deck. And Marshawn being missing for those two games, for for those two games, you really felt, especially in that Sunday jersey game, which, oh boy, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I don't even want to talk about the Sabres, to be completely honest with you, because yes, they won. It was a comeback, it was a comeback victory. But I think, and I mentioned this on last week's pod. It's punching down at this point to yeah. mention
1: Buffalo. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it was a frustrating start to that game because we gave up an, a power play goal to Reinhardt two minutes in. And then it just kind of felt flat for the rest of that period. And then mm-hmm. halfway through the second, we score. We tie it up. Within two, three minutes, we gave up the lead again. Had to come back. Richie and Craig Smith finish it off. We get the mm-hmm. W. The W is all that matters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Coming back is nice. And again, this was another game with no first-line production. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but it does beg the question: When is
1: a that a lot of Bruins fans have been
0: asking? When is a win a win? Yeah, like when is a win a win in terms of
1: what it shows? I mean, you in this say fan all, base, in this fan base, I'd say days later because you get a, you get a win last night, and it I don't feel great about it. I didn't feel great about beating the Sabres either. Like there was
0: worst 4-1-1 and yeah. strategy I've, I I could ever remember. Maybe something from the 15-16 season could rival it. And <laughs> that was that was that was the year where we would look at the starting lineups and be like, "Why is Max Talbot on the top line?" So <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> that feels like forever ago, man. I know, I know. It, it does. I'm it with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, feel, it feels like a lifetime ago, but it's the it's a similar feeling. Yeah. It's a similar feeling to look look at this team and then like. But I, I, I will pose I will pose that question to you. When is a win a win? Like, they all count the same. I mean, you don't beat the Buffalo Sabers and they only give you one point. You beat okay. who's in front of you. You can't you you can't beat the Washington Capitals four two. When you're playing the Buffalo Sabres.
1: Yeah. So. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. And it's, I I guess the simplistic version of an answer I can give you here is just, just to take a win, just to go in, dominate a game, look correct, get production from, from multiple lines and and to go in and win a five, one game. And this team is not capable of doing that right now. And that's, I think where the, where this question is posed Mm-hmm. Or, or, or the source of this question, where okay, you came back, you beat the Sabres. You came back last night, uh, didn't beat the Devils. And honestly, I don't know if they had any business in winning that game last night. But the, it's been a minute. Uh, obviously, looking at the standings in retrospect, and to look at uh, four one and one in the last in the last six is is great. But it doesn't feel <laughs> it doesn't feel like you're getting that good win because even even when they beat the Sabres last week with all the COVID shit it was it was like punching down like you said it did, it didn't feel like we should be proud of this team it was like okay you did exactly what you're supposed to do in this
0: i see okay there you know it what is. i mean so it's been, there it is. It,
1: it's been a minute since i've watched a game and been like that's a fucking w right there bruce cassidy has. i i, I think bruce cassidy's in your boat the last couple
0: of press conferences have been very, very interesting because after the Devils won nothing game or, you know, where they lost one to two, depending on what your view is, um, Cassidy said that Cassidy basically had his Claude Julian moment. Do you remember, I believe this, I think this was a year before Claude Julian was fired. He had a press conference and I believe it was a game after a game against Montreal where they got Molly whooped. I think it was like four, one, five, one, something like that. And he said, we are not talented enough to go into a game and not have all 20 people buy in. Cassidy was kind of skirting that line. Like it almost uh, sounded like he was hinting towards Don Sweeney. Um, we can't outscore our mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, he said, and he, said it ag- he said it again last night. We we tonight we outscored our mistakes and somebody after that asked him about the pits about Pittsburgh coming up and he said Pittsburgh is too good of a team where we can't play the game of outscoring our mistakes so I think he's basically trying to crawl inside of Don Sweeney's ear and scream as loud as he can for reinforcements.
1: What do you Abby, think? I I can definitely see that and I also view it as a reminder to his locker room without looking somebody directly in the face and saying, singling somebody out, mm-hmm. just saying there are options for this team and this organization that don't bode well for you. And you can lose your fucking spot. Mm-hmm. This Absolutely. team, there are players on this team that are pushing and appear like they're not willing to lose their spot. And then there's other players who are just coasting mm-hmm. and well, that needs to stop. And what would you put under the coasting umbrella right now? I want to say Craig Smith, but last night he was getting in and stepped up. He's always got the speed and stuff like that. But I think there was a couple of couple of games where it was just down. And I don't know if he's that was Craig Smith's best
0: game I've seen him in a Bruins uniform. Yep.
1: Yep. He had a couple of good shots on goal. I mean, he's got six goals on the year now, I believe. Mm -hmm. So he's he's scoring, but not to the level that we want him to. He had three assists last night. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So last night he pushed. Uh, Anders Bork again. It's bipolar as hell, but like every couple of games, he's one of the most exciting players for me to watch. Andres Bjork
0: is going to is and Andres Bjork is Daniel Paillet, and
1: dude, that's actually Daniel, a
0: perfect that's a perfect example of who this he's, game he's is. He's Daniel Payet. He yeah. has lightning speed. He is. Very talented on the penalty kill and defensively, he made a couple of really nice backchecks during that Sunday game on on the, pen, and on the penalty kill, and was the, and went on the breakaway and you know shot it right into Blackwood's chest. You know, par for the course. But that is that that's Anders Bjork's game. It's stone hands, but once in a while he'll make a defensive play, and you'll be like, oh my god, like he he's he's a noticeable defensive forward. Um, but sometimes I think he lets the fact that he's not producing offensively get to his head.
1: And that's, and that's I, some of that's coming from youth and stuff like that, but he's, he's played enough pro games. I don't have the number in front of me, but it's substantially larger. Number Anders of games than has
0: caught. played just off the top of my head. Uh, I think between 135 and 145 games, I think is my guess. That's my guess. I'm yeah. not totally,
1: I don't have the number in front of me either. Yeah. But so like the youth in that. That level of uh, of an excuse, I'm not going to buy into. Nope, I'm not. I, I think I, the I don't thing buy that. the thing with with him for me, anyways, is he'll make all these good plays, and a lot of them are like low key plays about the checking and the defensive plays and stuff like that. But when he's pushing too hard uh, to to score or to to make a play and fails, it's it's it stands out more to the fan base. So he's going to catch the ire of of Bruins fans. The ideal or just line, watching does, those type of plays.
0: Does the ideal lineup of this team, as constructed right
1: now, does it include Anders Bjork to you? That, as of right now, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that wasn't the case the first couple of weeks of the season. That was that was a big sticking point early in the season, and even right. even into preseason, we weren't sure what his role would be on this team. Right now, he's noticeable, and while there's some offensive lapses for the kid, uh, he's he's trying to create, and not to say he's David Krejci with assists and shit like that. Like Krejci can create, but honestly I've been more frustrated with Krejci's play than I have Anders Buerk. David Krejci is the most. Uh,
0: enigma is probably the best way to describe him because, and I think it's a lot more pronounced this year because he's, he, he's always, he's always had the style of play. Um, and I think you wrote on the uh, short shift podcast when somebody commented that David Krejci had an open net and decided to pass. And you said, just put that on his eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think he's cooked. I would love to see him shoot more, but you know, he's prorated to have a, it, 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 do the 82 game thing again. He's prorated to have a 60 point season through an 82 game pace.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, he's 20 points or 20 assists right now. Yeah. One goal, 20 assists and the one (laughs) goals kills me but yeah i know i know but he's there's there's a level of production but man if he just fucking let go of the puck
0: he's got a great shot i've said this on the pod before he's got a
1: great shot fucking use it man even if he had even if he just let go of the puck a few extra times Mm -hmm. he'd at least have like three or four goals Mm -hmm. and if you have twenty five points at this point in the season, I'd be fine with it. I don't care if their goals are assists because somebody's finishing it. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The team doesn't finish. Like exactly. the team the team didn't finish on on uh on the twenty eighth, the first game against the Devils. Forty fucking shots on Mackenzie Blackwood. I don't remember a single time where it felt like they were about to score. That game was so flat. The team uh, were those I don't even I- want to really talk about that game, but well,
0: Okay, well we we talked about the Sabres game that I didn't want to talk about, so now it's your turn.
1: All right. You got two <laughs>
0: minutes. Go. <laughs> Would the conversation okay, I have two questions actually about that game. Would the conversation have been different if both of those goals
1: had counted? Uh, and should those goals have counted? I'm gonna say no right off the bat. Like I don't I don't see either one of those as goals. And with to, to review two, two goals in a span of fucking five television minutes is obviously going to piss off the fan base, but
0: they've had, so. had three goals reviewed in the last two games. Now yeah. with Grizzlick's goal last night as well.
1: Yep. The, the goal where Craychie's stick was under the, the glove and it got called back live. It looked like that wasn't goaltender's interference watching the replay and especially hearing it uh, talked about after the game, Ray Croft. I think I texted you about that. Mm-hmm. He, he just explained it real quick. And while I, I don't love it, it, it made sense that it was more about Blackwood not being able to make the play because the stick was under by chance.
0: So it's I, actually, I get it's it, actually but it's... N- yeah, it's actually nice to have a clear explanation of goaltenders interference because it always seems like we're not entirely sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, that's the nice thing about having Redcroft on there. And it's interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but he wasn't, he wasn't on there last night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, right. like, he he didn't say anything wrong. He, he gave the goalies opinion of it. It just wasn't skewed towards what the Bruins fans wanted to hear at that moment. But Mm -hmm. honestly, to make that. Well, I like when
0: they do that. I like when they have someone like Redcroft or Billy Jaffe, who will say, uh, actually, no, it shouldn't have gone the Bruins way.
1: Yeah. You have that, to you have yeah. to smack people back down to reality sometimes, and in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the game, yeah. Was I mad that the goal got overturned? Yeah, I want to fucking Absolutely. win this game. Absolutely. the The second one, uh, where they just couldn't tell if the puck went over, like it wasn't called a goal on the ice. If mm-hmm. I'm right, right? That
0: was not. It was. It was called no goal on the ice, and the replay. The goal. <sighs> here's the thing about that one: the puck was kind of like a standing nickel right on the line and it and you swear you see
1: white between the red line but if it was called a goal on the ice it -hmm. probably would have stood but there wasn't enough there wasn't enough for me there wasn't the right angle you have like it's physics man like where the cameras are it's never going to show you exactly what you need to do so if it's not decisive you don't do it enough for nothing dude Holy fuck, Blackwood, getting that stretch out there. You watch that literally frame by frame. Mm -hmm. And the puck is on the line and he looks like he's a foot away. Mm -hmm. And the second it's close to going over the line, he gets a toe on that. That shit is amazing. That hurts my body to see somebody able to flex like that Holy he
0: he's the next star goaltender of the NHL i mean i know i know that we're certainly trying
1: our hardest this season to make him look like it at
0: least yes exactly like he's not the, he's not there yet but he definitely has he definitely has some all-star goaltender uh, uh, potential yep. blackwood does
1: i can't wait to uh, see where he goes next because it's not gonna be <laughs> it's no in New Jersey they're not gonna be able to keep
0: him yeah exactly was is that Brodur on your back no get out
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but
0: be that as it may I was mad um, I was I was a lot more angry about The goaltender interference call Than it was about the kick save mm-hmm. But Hearing Ray Croft's explanation About it really did kind of it did It did calm me down a little bit But the thing is is that Yeah you kind of in the heat of the moment You kind of feel like you lost that game one to two But if you don't want to feel like you got robbed twice within like a minute span score within the first 59 minutes, have you tried
1: that? Yeah. And that's, (laughs) and that's, I think my larger point here where it's like, I can't get that mad that they overturned that thing because the explanation, I can't get mad that they didn't give us that goal when he barely got it the fuck out of there and may or may not have gotten it out in time. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't be mad at that and blame the refs for those two things when, and this is going to be a two-part thing. I can't be that mad about it because mm-hmm. you had, like you just said, the entire fucking game to score, you put on 40 shots
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you couldn't get one by them. You had multiple power plays in that game and couldn't get one by them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do I think that the refs were an issue in that game? Yes. Yes. Earlier in the game, there was a number of missed calls. There was questionable calls. The rest, that tripping it was, was. Oh my
0: fucking word! After the Tim Peel bullshit,
1: read the room, man. <laughs> I really thought that we were going to get something out of Toronto from that in terms of some sort of explanation or or some sort of acknowledgement about that because that was, <laughs> that was just fucking glaring. You just yeah. we didn't get it, mm-hmm. but. Those those things, I think, attributed to the end of the game, where an overturn and and a no goal call, obviously those come f- straight out of the refs' mouths, and you're putting that together with the previous forty five, fifty, fifty five minutes of thinking that the refs are doing a terrible job because they fucking were. Right. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with the the pain that was coming out of our fan base and the <laughs> pain, anger. Yes. Do I think that those were the right calls at the end of the game? Yeah, I really do. I, mm-hmm. I technically do and the Bruins had no business winning that game. The fact
0: I think game, I said to you it wouldn't have hurt nearly as bad if the if if the blatant no calls earlier in the game didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Halak had another excellent game. The mm-hmm. defense played excellent. Grizzlik was okay. Mm-hmm. Lazon was kind of shit, but <laughs> Yeah. Lazon was kind of shit. Yeah, the last the defense, night. <laughs> yeah, the last night was less than ideal for him. But mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I like. I don't really have too many complaints about the ref at the end of the game. It was more the beginning of the game for shit that isn't gonna be glaring in the score sheet. But mm-hmm. right, that was a frustrating game to watch, and I'm tired of watching flat Boston hockey. Mm-hmm. So the this next team- night they come out and and they actually score some goals, but still looking as f- like how how they won that game and in. scoring four goals in regulation and still looking that offensively inept is mind-blowing to me
0: yeah it is and offensively inept and also oh my god that had to be the worst game I've seen that defense play and I'm counting the 6-2-7-2 losses to the Islanders on that Mm -hmm. one so many blown coverages, so many turnovers where, you know, Lazan and even to, a, to an extent, Charlie McAvoy had a bad game. He did score. He scored, but he had a bad game defensively last night. There was that, the, the, that first goal where Lazon and McAvoy are just assuming the breakout's going to happen and Subban keeps the puck in and there's two devils past the slot wide the fuck open. Mm-hmm. like come on shit like it's shit like that it's shit like that and it, when they scored that goal I was like they're, they're losing this game yep. after after a play like that you cannot and, and after and how much New Jersey has uh, this hurts to say but how much New Jersey has fucking slapped us around all year long you just get the feeling of dread mm-hmm. so Lazan had an awful game Zaborl, um I know there's a lot of injuries to the defense, but I wouldn't mind seeing Little Z sit for a game. He looks very tentative out there, very, very, very tentative.
1: That being, said, that, yeah. that being said, that being said, the idea of, I know injuries are out there, that's, we're at that point in the season where we know that there's a lot more bo- below the surface when it comes to injuries.
0: Mm-hmm. And what right, certain sure. players
1: may may or may not be battling, that's not showing up in an injury report, that's not showing up with with scratches and stuff like that. We mm-hmm. don't know if Bergeron's battling something or, or pasta sometimes is,
0: Bergeron is perpetually battling something, so I'm yeah. just going to assume he is.
1: Yeah. I, no, think, both, I think I think it's it in the last eight games. Yeah, and 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 with Bergeron, it's like you could just assume that for the last five years he's been eighty-five percent of himself at mm-hmm. the best and still producing. That's just speaks to his talent and experience, but, yeah, just, but yeah, like I, I really think we're at that point in the season where, well, yeah, we have players on, on the injury list and that are out right now and getting somebody back, especially like a Carlo last night is fantastic, but what percentage of him is here and what percentage of this player is here? It's, it's, it's frustrating because we know that there are certain players who should be performing more. And we're looking at the name on the back of that Jersey and expecting, different things but you don't know what's going on underneath those pads
0: right or and and to be fair too considering all the pandemic and covid shit you don't know what's going on between the
1: years either yeah well, especially so, the last like couple weeks like last, last two weeks or whatever like this team wasn't really touched by it, and all of a sudden it's it's like a daily thing where multiple fucking false positives and there's got to be some frustration when it comes to all that
0: Debruskin, brusking being out as long as they have is very, very concerning just for their mental and physical well being, let alone hockey.
1: Yeah. Specifically to Brusk, I think, in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Cause he he looked like he was trying to, or at least starting to turn turn the corner and then he went out. But yeah. But yeah. then like the positives, the positives from yesterday, like Richie. Richie getting his tenth. Big dick nick, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marshawn back. And Marshawn, can, can we talk about it. that rock bottom for a minute? <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. And that, honestly, like for for as inconsequential as that play kind of seemed, mm-hmm. odd, it kind of was a turning point. We killed yeah. that penalty, and, and honestly, I think killing the penalty was probably the bigger turning point. Mm-hmm. Sure, but, but to see some life out of that team, some fire, Marshawn doesn't want to fucking lose, mm-hmm. and he shows yeah. it every night, every mm-hmm. night. You don't get you don't get effort like you get out of from everybody. If you did, this team would be burnt team. out. Yeah. <laughs> burnt out, but probably number one in the league.
0: Yeah. But that 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 takedown was one of the
1: best things I've seen this year from this team. Yeah. <laughs> That was, that was like, that wasn't even rock bottom. That was like Olympic style wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Greco,
0: Greco Roman, Greco Roman wrestler. Too bad there was no Z there for Jack Edwards to be like, did you know Charlie's father was a Greco Roman wrestler? Uh. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But yeah, uh, Grizzly producing and tying that game up with Mm -hmm. four minutes to go was very exciting. Chef's kiss, man. And they, they really pushed that last minute to try to win it in regulation. I wanted it so bad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and I they was dominated nervous that overtime too. Well, and that was the thing, dude. Like the, the first game of this week against the uh, the Islanders, that was the worst overtime imaginable. Like they they barely like there are there are players who can't even skate faster than they fucking scored. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah. I was like, I don't want to come out flat. I need to see some energy, <laughs> and they pushed. So mm-hmm. hard in that overtime, I was like, they might, they might fucking take this right here. Mm-hmm. And then they go to the shootout, and I hate the fucking shootout. But for whatever reason, the Bruins have had some success on the shootout this year. What and the fuck was that move by Charlie Coyle? It was, it was slow motion urination, and I'm, <laughs> just peed, peed right in his face. <laughs> I'm just, I was all about it, <laughs> and it was interesting. I, I honestly like right before it, I think I tweeted out something about like that. I didn't want to face Mackenzie Blackwood in a shootout. Mm-hmm. And they, they made them look stupid. Pasta's goal made them look stupid, even, but not nearly as stupid as Coil made them look. Yeah. Not. But uh, uh, here, here we're back to that idea: wins a win. Mm-hmm. Did they have any business winning that game? I don't know, man. Mm, probably not. But they, they were but they were halfway through the third, down by two, and then McAvoy and Grizz like you're getting some defensive goals. I'll fucking take it. Yeah. Through the course of the year,
0: we will have. I mean. Not to get all woo-woo spiritual bullshit here, but the world balances out. You know, you're gonna have some games where you don't deserve to win and you win. You're gonna have games where you deserve to win and you lose, mm-hmm. you know? And man, that's just one of those things. Like, yeah, four, one, and one in the last six. I think it helps to remember that because it keeps things in perspective a little bit while you see people while you see Bruins fans en masse vomiting all over themselves (laughs) over how bad they think the team is. I don't think this team is bad. This team definitely needs reinforcements. This team definitely needs a move, a trade. We're about two weeks away from the trade deadline. And I've been kind of sitting on this question for a few days, but now that we're here, who's untouchable besides the first line, who's
1: untouchable. I, I, for me, it's mostly defense. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see McAvoy's not going anywhere, but I'd prefer not to see Grizzly go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't want to see Lazon go anywhere. I think that kid still has so much upside and can be a staple second-line defender. If, if I feel they, that
0: way except uh, about Zaborl instead.
1: Yeah, and, but you know what? Zaboral's kind of right there with me, and he's kind of out of sight, out of mind for me because he's just kind of been unnoticeable, but that's not necessarily always a bad thing for a defender. But like sure. I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose this core depth. Um, Brandon Carlo is still one of my favorites. Seeing him back on the ice was great.
0: On the penalty kill last night, you saw Brandon Carlo's, especially on that four-on-three. You in overtime, you saw his value to this team. Yeah the the Bruins were getting through in their penalty kill without him by sheer luck and force of will. But when he's out there, those clears are crisp mm. and they are undoubted and they yep. get, they go 200 feet the other way when he's out there.
1: That's it. Yeah. I mm. don't want to see him go. And like, I don't want to say I want to sit here and protect Lazon or, or even Zaboro at that point, but I believe that they've had enough. <sighs> There's enough footage of them on a pro level where I think their value may actually be less than a Vakaninen or a mm-hmm. player of that ilk. Mm-hmm. So I would rather see those dudes.
0: Because you're still for Vakaninen, you still you're still banking on potential for Zabor yes, and. Luzon. Exactly.
1: You, yeah. It, for Zabor and Luzon, I think we've pretty much at least got the grasp on what they're capable of. I don't mm-hmm. think that they've hit their ceiling necessarily, but we know what their ceiling should be. Yes, I don't exactly. know what that is for Vakaninen. so you the the value in the unknown for a player like that is to me more enticing. Mm-hmm. As 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 somebody coming in another gen general manager who may be looking at, I need another piece in this trade. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're more ready or more willing to grab them because if they're moving somebody like if they're moving a, a player like a Palmieri or, or whatever, like a, a movable veteran piece, they're probably not looking. For an NHL-ready guy right now, necessarily, mm-hmm. if they're rebuilding, especially in a year like this, either an maybe NHL somebody or an who can play next, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. someone who's close. play next year. So I think th- for that reason, offensively, who is untouchable right now outside of that first line? Nobody. For me, nobody. I'm sorry.
0: I'm I'm I'm, I'm genuinely trying to think. In, in ter- I, I I subscribe to the Gretzky rule of trades. Anybody can be traded if the price is right. Yep. But in terms of untouchables,
1: that first line. But other than that, name, name, give me one player. I'll give you one. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Uh, I would say probably coil would be the most obvious thing. And I'm, I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to think of somebody outside of coil, but yeah, I don't know. I think not untouchable, but
0: not untouchable. But I'll say he he won't be traded. Yeah. But I'm not saying he's untouchable,
1: David yeah. Craig. And, and obviously, for the folks listening to this, we're operating under the assumption that they could potentially sell to gain.
0: Mm-hmm. I right. don't
1: I don't necessarily think that they're going to drop a winger. I think right now, for the sake of getting another winger, unless exactly. it's, unless exactly. it's somebody who is on fire this year, maybe has term, etc. But Connor I Garland, don't know. How are you doing,
0: buddy? Yeah. Hopefully you listen to the pod. We, <laughs> like you, we, we would like you here in Boston. But in terms of, can you think of somebody outside of the top line that's untouchable?
1: Not not offensively.
0: No. Not, not, no, not even Stadnica. No. Because Stadnica, I think Stadnica is still in the same boat as Vakanainen. Vakanainen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think Stednika is NHL ready yet. I think he needs to gain about 10 pounds of muscle before he is. Mm -hmm. Um, But if the price is right, throw him in, throw him in a deal. I like what he can bring. I like his skill set. But if if, if we have a firm middle six winger who can contribute now and has term and is still youngish, and they're asking for Stanika I'm not hanging up the phone maybe mm. at the beginning of the year I'd be hanging hanging up but now with Kasha mm. with with Kasha being a hologram yeah um i say you know if the conversation starts with Stanika the the talk's still going I'll yeah. put it that way
1: yeah and, I, and and I get what you're saying too like at the beginning of the season I'm not willing to do that at this point in the season it it's not necessarily any indictment on his skill set or his play or oh, not or his, at all or his size or anything like that it more to me that statement speaks at the quality and time sensitivity of this organization
0: mm-hmm. right yeah um i said it last g- week 12 next 12 to 14 months is the most important in the last
1: 15 years because it predicts the next five to seven yep i'll i'm gonna give you a difficult question that May potentially piss off some of the listeners.
0: Oh, do it.
1: Because I know what your answer is going to be and. <laughs> do it. Trent Frederick. Is he untouchable?
0: Nope.
1: Nope.
0: Nope. He's not.
1: I know and... he's the shiny toy right now and, mm-hmm. and all that. But if somebody has a different idea of his value than maybe our organization even does. I, I, and I'm taking the locker room outside of it. I'm taking the fighting outside of it the marketability of a player like that doesn't translate to wins.
0: Especially if you've seen him the last couple of games, he he's back to looking lost. Mm -hmm. He's back to looking lost and you can, you, I guess you could chop that up to his line mates. Anton bleed should not be anywhere near an NHL roster. I know I'm contractually obligated to love him. (laughs) <laughs> but he should not be anywhere near this roster. I have not seen a more nothing player. <laughs> <Anton> bleed, <laughs> Except maybe parlin Lindholm, but at least parlin Lindholm had very good underlying defensive analytics. Anton bleed just looks like he takes a twirl around the ice and then goes back. So, but I like Coleman. I mean, but be that as it may, Frederick does play better at center. He's been playing center the last few games. He has not looked great. In fact, it looks like he's kind of just going, just going through the motions. Maybe he's one of those people that are ghosting right now. I think,
1: yes, exactly. And, and I was just about to almost defend him with the coasting. It's not just him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. I haven't seen the fire out of him and stuff like that, but there's when they, when they pan the, the, the bench, all mm-hmm. the these games when we're down two one or two, to nothing or whatever. Yeah. And you're seeing some of these faces sullen complexion, yeah. head yeah, down. I mean, like, yeah. There's it's a it they're watching their own funeral and I think Jesus. I think this this team is starting to kind of see like all right, well we're Staring not their own we're mortality not mortality in the team. face. <laughs> One of the reasons I brought up the the Frederick idea is uh, my buddy Jamie who's the Sabers fan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh texted me the other day and it was a uh, about let's see I could tell you Mm -hmm. It was a, about a 45 second text conversation. (laughs) And he said, uh, this was, this was Wednesday, the 24th. He says, I hear Boston wants to rent Taylor Hall. If the cost was Trent Frederick, are you in? And I said, two goals all season for Hall. No, thanks. Also, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're moving Frederick end of conversation. Do I agree with that right now? Yes, because I don't want Hall. It has nothing to do with Frederick. What if it's Reinhardt? That to me is more interesting than, than Hall. And there you go. Yeah. This has absolutely nothing to do with Taylor Hall. This has nothing to do. Lose me at rental. Don't say fucking rental. I'm going to say no all the time. Like this team needs to stop the rental shit. And it, it needs to be, I don't, I don't know if we're having trouble bringing in these, these free agents. Like, was there a reason that Taylor Hall decided to go to fucking Buffalo? It's because he wanted to win, Thomas. Didn't you see his press conference? Yeah.
0: (laughs) He made it abundantly clear that he went to Buffalo because he wanted to win. I just, I'm just put the gun down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm at a point where I'm questioning because obviously, yeah, there's there is an element of all right, well, Sweeney's got his hands tied with certain things with spending certain levels of money and all that stuff, which is gonna change next year. The cap looks nice next year. Mm -hmm. Um but still, you're, there's limitations coming down from Jacobs. Right. That's yeah. not always going to be an excuse, and it won't be an excuse next offseason. So that's why I think the window for Sweeney is at least this time next year. But um, it, maybe there's an element of certain people don't want to come here. hmm Boston is a polarizing sports city.
0: It definitely is, and you, you, have, to, you have to be able to – you have to have thick skin to be here. hmm Taylor Hall does not exactly strike me as the kind of person who has thick skin. Look at the teams he's been on: Edmonton, New Jersey, Phoenix, and Buffalo. Yeah, Edmonton Buffalo was the,
1: Edmonton was the only one that he didn't have a choice on.
0: <laughs> yeah, Edmonton was the only one he didn't have a choice on, and that was that, that was during their uh, their blue period, I guess you could call it their pre their pre uh, McDavid days.
1: Uh, you just mean you could just say post Gretzky, but that's fine. Yeah, Jesus!
0: (laughs) They made the Cup final that one year,
1: (laughs) but yeah, exactly. Like he, by choice, he's going to markets that he has less pressure, less expectations. No, maybe that's why he didn't want to go to Boston. Boston's a contending team. It's not like they were. Boston was getting trashed in the preseason. They were Mm -hmm. considered a a Stanley Cup contender. They were considered at least Mm -hmm. a team that was able to make a playoff run. Yeah.
0: But then, but then it became a question of does Taylor Hall really want to want to go into a buy in year, bet on himself while playing second line minutes and and uh, curating his next
1: contract. He's a second and line player though. To me, he's he's proved himself. He all this talent, and, and that's to, the rub. And that's, that's the rub on Taylor Hall. There you it. go.
0: I was hoping you. I was hoping you'd go there, and you ran right to the post. Yeah. That's the rub. He's an eight million million second line winger. And I'll tell you something. If Taylor Hall was producing the way he here, the way he was, pro- he's producing in Buffalo, he would be run out on a rail. He would be the same in the same boat as David Krejci is right now. People yep. would be going well, I, I put this in perspective and overpaid.
1: Yep. put it into perspective here. If he was here doing the exact same thing as he was in Sabres, he would mm-hmm. literally have a third of the production. That Craig Smith has, and Craig Smith is getting shit from this fan base mm-hmm. yeah. imagine imagine what Taylor Hall would be getting right now. Taylor Hall would be making at least twice as much money too exactly yep so and, and unrelated mm. one of the most punchable faces in the NHL
0: Taylor Hall oh yeah, for sure <laughs> Taylor Hall looks like the frat the frat douche of any fucking National
1: Lampoon College movie, (laughs) you care to name. He's Pie pie Fucker for now on. We're not going to say Taylor Hall on this podcast anymore. It's just Pie Fucker.
0: Well, for Pie pie Fucker, too, um, (laughs) the Sabres, there there were some trade rumors bandied bandied about for him, and it sounds like the Sabres have backed off of offering a first-round pick. Mm Mm-hmm. He is tanking his own. He's tanking his own value with how he's playing, and maybe maybe it's more the Sabers than anything else. But I digress. Yeah, but
1: but you're onto something there because what is his value going to be next year to a team? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like they're exactly. going to look he bet at on it like, oh, and he on himself he bet on himself and he's losing. Yeah. <laughs> you can only make the excuse of well, he was on a terrible Buffalo team with terrible coaching and terrible management. That only goes so far when you actually give it the eyeball test and look at what he's fucking doing. He's playing at half nothing. speed. He's playing at half speed.
0: Yeah. I, I, I definitely noticed it during the Saturday game three, two. I didn't hear his name once. And I looked at the, I looked at the box score. he played, he played uh, almost 19 minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: Didn't name his, didn't hear his name once. So he's playing at half speed. And we said to the straight up Sabres guys, your best, I, mean, I thought your best bet was to go thousand monkeys on a thousand typewriters and just acquire a shitload of draft capital this year and hope you hit on a few. And they've already started getting a third and a fifth for, uh, Eric Stahl. Yep.
1: So, yeah, I know the deadline's the 12th, but things are going to start going now. Like this week is actually an interesting time. If you are willing to overpay, this is, this is your week. Mm-hmm. And if you want a team to overpay and you're a seller, like the Sabres should be, this is your week to really get it out there. What you give me something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nash, I don't think Nashville's gonna be one of those teams. I Nashville has every right to and honestly should wait until as late as possible.
0: Yeah, they're getting high on their own supply right now because they're kicking the shit out of the Blackhawks. That's the only reason they're in the playoffs <laughs> right now.
1: Yep. I think they're like have... 6-0-1 against Chicago this year. Probably. See, I, I would still like to see Nashville sell off. Like as, as somebody who follows Nashville, I would like to see mm-hmm. them sell a little bit and kind of rebuild. Do I you think, think David
0: that, Poyle's is too smart to get stars in his eyes and still sell off?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I I honestly do. Mm-hmm. He's he's arguably one of the best general managers in hockey. Mm-hmm. And I think he has seen what this market has accomplished, which is a lot more than he probably ever thought it could. Mm-hmm. They are trending downwards with players who have more than league average value right now for mm-hmm. teams who are, who are trying to make that push. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to sell, this is a year to do it. Maybe take a year or two of, uh, of down. Like Yossi's still on the prime or entering the prime of his career It's not like you're wasting the tail end of a Shea Weber or something like that. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's our problem in, in Boston. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, so that said moving on to this next week, this is, this is where it's really, I mean, we're right in the thick of it already, but like we're, we're playing like almost every fucking day now Mm -hmm. and we are about to play Thursday, Saturday against Pittsburgh who are, uh, what are they? Seven, two, and one in yep. the last last ten. Seven, four, two, and
0: two. one I think they're six points
1: clear of Boston right now. Seven. Seven, seven. points. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they are on a four-game win streak. Tristan Jari is hurt. He
0: is. It looks like it, it it looks like maybe we'll be getting a dose of a dose of de Smith for this for this series.
1: <sighs> I'm I'm I'll take that right yeah. now. Yeah, sure. I'll take any bit of weakness we can get out of a team like that right now. It would be exceptional to win both games against them. It would be exceptional to take three out of the four points out of them right now because I just don't want to give up. I don't want to give up a, a W to this team right now. No, I don't. Neither do I, especially especially considering I believe Malkin is still out as well. So yeah. that's, that's huge. You have an opportunity to knock them down and sit on their heads. Exactly. If, if we are down by seven points right now, you take four from them. That's, that's a swing. And take exactly. That. Exactly. And we still have four games at hand.
0: That's, that's also true. We have, we've had five games postponed. Yep. You've got to make those games in hand mean something.
1: Mm-hmm. And this
0: is the time. To, this is the week to do it. We got Pittsburgh. And then we have the most interesting team in the <laughs> NHL. Right? They, they are... They're, they're interest. Buffalo is interesting in all the wrong reasons. The Sabers, the Sabers, the Flyers. Oh, I'm Freudian slip. The Flyers are fascinating this year. Alain Vigneault publicly benches Carter Hart, basically saying, "You suck. Get away for a week." Carcitti goes. Ahead, uh, uh, Sam carchiti of the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer writes a hit, writes a piece where a source tells. A source told him that his psychiatrist stopped taking sessions with him, which is a HIPAA violation. Yeah. <laughs> and then the defense is a mess. They, are, they, have been, they have gotten cracked over the head twice by the New York fucking Rangers. Mm-hmm. They're only three points out. Yeah. Their goalie of the future has a 4.04 goals against average and an 8.65 save percentage, and they are three points out of the playoff spot. They have that going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, they started really like they've kind of shit the bed a a fair amount of times this season, but Mm -hmm. they have really decided to shit the bed during a stretch where they could have easily jumped into playoff contention and easily put Bruins fucking out of it. Mm Am I mad about it? No. No, I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm all right. But I would... It was even a day where they were... they were uh,
0: The Rangers and the Flyers were, like, jostling. I thought maybe the Rangers were going to be the ones to take
1: over. I'm going to be honest. I really think that they will at some point. Oh. I think Ooh. I think that the Rangers will sneak into fifth place. And that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's, it's not helping my, my predictions at the beginning of the season where I thought it would be one and two but Bruins Flyers. But... Mm-hmm. It is uh it hasn't gone that way. No, it hasn't and I do not see the Flyers making any sort of moves to mortgage any sort of future <laughs> for them. I think that this team has already decided that they're gonna mail it in a little bit.
0: Goss to spare on waivers and as of twenty minutes ago, he's cleared.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let him let him hang out. I don't want want him. I know you you put in the notes, do the Bruins dare. No.
0: No, I don't think so either. I had, a lot, I had a lot of people coming in being like, yes, yes, a thousand times, yes. And I was like, have you looked at his last three years? It is, if he was helping the team, he wouldn't be on waivers.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, oh, all this potential, but he hasn't done shit with it for three years. And yeah. do you want a defensive liability and injuries? And like, what are you talking about? Honestly, like there's been a lot of suggestions on players that we should pick up. This one makes the least amount of sense. He is. And it was enough to be intriguing to me. I have to admit, I have to admit. He's a defensive liability. Do we really want that right now? Like all these bad games where we give up four or five goals and defense is supposed to be our strength. Do we want to add him to the mix just because he might be able to move the puck? Mm -hmm. That's it. A poor man's crew at best. That's a a, a very poor man's crew (laughs) Yeah. To me, like, anyways. Like Tyrone Chappelle Show Krug. Yeah. I, but everybody looks at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, everybody looks at it and, and thinking a few years ago, we thought he was going to be better than Krug. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not. And he never has been. He anyways. had
0: a fucking 60 point
1: season. He was a yeah. stud. What yeah. happened? That was four or five years ago, right? Yeah. What happened? Earth found him. Yeah. I just, I, I don't <laughs> want it. And I get it's a waiver pick and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, Okay, you take a waiver on offensive prowess. Mm -hmm. Not when it comes coupled with, well, there's a chance he might help scoring, but he may be directly responsible for an extra goal and a half on average a game. Do you want to know? Fucking thank you. Do you want to know a really funny stat about him? Guess how many
0: primary assists he has in the last two years? Oh, Jesus. I don't know.
1: One. Are you fucking serious? I'm dead serious. So, so <laughs> the what, so where is where was your upside when you were intrigued? Then, was it before you looked at stats? It was
0: before I looked at it. Yep. All right. <laughs> um, Jay, Fresh Hot, Jay Fresh Hockey, one of the best analytics follows you could ever have, posted his chart. He has one primary assist the last two years, which is an unbelievable stat. You know who <laughs> has more primary assists the last two years than Shane Gastaspere? Jared Tenordy.
1: Yeah. And, and I would probably I, – I would be really interested in seeing how many goaltenders have more primary assists <laughs> because, like, I guarantee you there's some primary assists coming out of Edmonton with the way fucking McDavid could just fly down the ice at will.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I mean? Like, I guarantee you there's a good amount of goaltenders who have more primary assists. Mike Smith is – Mike
0: Smith, one of the best puck-handling goaltenders out there is probably yep. one of them.
1: Yep.
0: But <laughs> uh, – <laughs> I read that. and I'm like, um, at first when I heard about it, I'm like, you know, actually, it just costs money. We probably have enough salary to, we probably have enough salary to kind of move things around a little bit in terms of John Moore and Andre Kasha going on LTIR and make it fit under. And then I saw that stat and I was like,
1: never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if if Moore was off our books and you mm-hmm. want to grab him, fine, because he's just this is going to be kind of slanderous, but he's basically more to me mm-hmm. like that's he's mm-hmm. a body.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I would rather throw a large body like to out there mm-hmm. and let him just concentrate on fucking playing defense.
0: Exactly. Just clear, just clear the crease, man. That's all we need you to do.
1: Adding somebody like, like ghost would just, it would just be a name. It would just be another waiver pickup, which as I have said previously in the podcast that's what we've called out sweeney for doing it's mm-hmm. just grabbing a veteran waiver claim and just somebody out of the dumpster and throwing him out there like he's this stud mm-hmm. why right. do people continue to suggest it i don't fucking know but yeah. i'm i'm all set with that right this the a move that is going to help this team comes at a price it is not going to be a body that is sitting free on the waiver claim the week of the deadline i'm sorry And it's also very, very telling that he just came back from injury and that this was the route that they went instead of gauging at least what his trade value would be Mm -hmm. at said deadline, because Mm -hmm. there is no value folks. Let's not talk about this a fucking another breath.
0: (laughs) Well, the, the rumor about that is that they're clearing salary to take a run at Ekholm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they do. I'm not sure they get him. I would I honestly I
1: don't even think that's a bad spot for him as he'd much be on the top pair he'd be on the top, he pair. On yep. the top pair tomorrow if he yep. went to and and I think that could potentially be a good spot for him do I want to see it now fuck that I don't want to see the Flyers get dick however <laughs> however I think if, for the sake of just looking at it as a, a player in destination standpoint I think that's a good spot mm-hmm. you want to uh you want to sneak into predictions here
0: Oh, uh, okay. Let's see. Pittsburgh and Philly. Pittsburgh is not a mess, but they're kind of battling an injury bug a little bit. Philly is on fire.
1: I don't want to say they in, split. In a literal sense. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in
0: the literal, they're, they, are, they are on fire. They're, they're, are not,
1: on they're fire. not hot. They are on fire. They are literally They're on burned. fire.
0: <laughs> They're on fire, and and Elaine Vignot is pretty much pissing on it. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'll say six out of eight points. They split the series. True split. Uh two um true split two out of four points against Pittsburgh, and they sweep Philly
1: to create more breathing room. I will say that's not, I, w- I wouldn't even say that's best case scenario. Best case scenario is they win everything. They win all four. Of course. And uh, I, I believe,
0: t- I believe Ladar is starting tomorrow. So,
1: and he had his first win against Pittsburgh. So let's see if he can keep that mojo going. And, and game two, we got to remember Saturday afternoon. It's a one o'clock game. Great. I'm not, <laughs> I don't always, I don't always love those. But I like afternoon games. I
0: don't, I don't like how the Bruins do afternoon games. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. um i think i'm on the same page as you honestly i think an even split with pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and i'll take that we don't Mm -hmm. lose any ground we don't gain any ground right if we win i would prefer it to be in regulation that's all i care about for sure if we lose i wouldn't mind it to be in Mm -hmm. overtime i'll take an ot loss i'll take three points so i would like to see that uh Philadelphia looks like shit against us and they look like shit in general right now. Mm -hmm. So until they show me a little bit of something, we are, we are their Islanders right now. So. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly. And you know, you could use the, you could have the argument. Well, the
1: flyers are due. Yeah. Well. Yep. So that's where I'm going. Six out of eight. I'll, I'll, I'll match up with you. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see any other situation uh yep keep up the 750 point percentage (laughs) yep you know it's interesting i'm looking right now Mm -hmm. i didn't realize that the uh that the series against philadelphia is actually a home and home and away it is
0: yes Mm -hmm.
1: i just just saw that so and it's back-to-back nights too which is fucking bullshit first of all (laughs) so monday monday the fifth at home against philly at seven and then the very next night seven o'clock we're in Philadelphia. So that's correct. These, these teams are going to be traveling and playing two games within a 24 hour span. That like, that sucks. And I think sucks more for us because then we only have, we have a day off and then we're at Washington and then a day off and then we're back at Philadelphia again. Mm-hmm. And then no days off and we're playing against Washington at home. So we have multiple games that are night after night, Including travel Like Tri-state area Beyond Mm -hmm. Travel Yep So this schedule is about to get real shitty (laughs) Oh yeah They had to extend the season Yep Just to make sure that
0: You know They don't fall down Bruins don't fall down and die
1: Yep For anybody looking to go to The next three games Pittsburgh Pittsburgh and Philly Thursday, Saturday, Monday Tickets start as low as 127 on, on Thursday And Saturday is up to 176 I don't even know how those ticket prices are possible because I have seen some outrageous shit paid for some of these games mm-hmm. with little to no reason to actually be at said fucking game. Mm-hmm. So, no. Um, well, they're selling. They're selling, obviously. Yep. Save save yourself a couple of bucks. Go down to Philadelphia. Deal with a beer thrown at you and you get tickets for about a third of the price. A beer Or, or and batteries. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was gonna say you
0: misspelled batteries. <laughs>
1: Six out of eight sounds I'll take it, honestly. I'll Six take it eight. too.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And then when we come back, we will be a week away from the deadline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Will the Bruins have made a move by then? We're just gonna have to find out.
1: Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Short Shift Podcast brought to you by the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter at ShortShift Pod. And uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully with um, a lot
0: less Ruins fans on fire. Including, including myself. Including Thomas. <laughs> I'll see you later, brother. Take care, man.